91.3 The Blaze, we welcome you in to this Monday show here with Spencer Porter and Hank Bichelle. Another exciting weekend. More exciting than the last one when we were with you on Labor Day. Week one of the NFL and now week two of college football. So many touchdowns, so much excitement, some upsets. And, I mean, now we have that good problem to have of just too much close competition, too many games going on at the same time with only one remote, one screen to go for. Hmm. Uh, And then to just top on that, fantasy football. Uh, So a lot of fun. We hope, I mean, whether we're shooting low where your fantasy football team got it out the win or shooting high where your college boys and your NFL team uh, is is 1-0 and or 2-0, and we hope it's going well for you. If not, uh, I mean, it's all right. Just be on track of that waiver wire. And, and also, you know, if you're a Bears fan or a Cardinals fan, just uh, enjoy the Caleb Williams sweepstakes for next draft. We're going to begin the show here with, with breaking news. Quick Headline, Chris Jones, D-tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, is out of his hiatus. He missed week one because he's in a contract holdout. That has now been flipped around, and a happy story, happy outing for the Chiefs as he has signed a one-year deal. It's reported uh, it's going to be a good paycheck for Jones. Only on one year, but over $15 million, $19.5 million. And it, well, it was reported that his holdout he might wait till week eight uh, because then that's when you start getting fined and start not being able to, uh, well, obviously play in the postseason. But it would really just affect his his career and where he'd be at next year. So instead of waiting for week eight, he gets on track and ready for week two. And what do you think? Hey, do you think the Lions being the Chiefs played a factor in this to help Chris Jones get his money faster? Uh, definitely didn't hurt his odds. Yeah, you saw when the game was going on, he was sitting up there at some seats, and, you know, he looked like he was yeah, having a good time. I, questionably unprofessional. Yeah. He's just in jeans, not even on the sideline, but, I mean, that's his power move. But, yeah, I think uh, definitely helped him out. You know, that defensive line, they put out right. They would have liked to get uh, a little more pressure on the quarterbacks, and so I think they definitely uh, wanted to ramp up that process, but I'm shocked. I thought he was going to hold out till about week four or five. And, I mean, it's big-time news for, for the Chiefs. Did not expect them to lose. And, you know, they – you could argue they're, they're three best players in Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes. Only one of them played. And Mahomes uh, struggled a little. And, you know, he – he is glorified and overpraised by, by many throughout the nation and the Chiefs fan base. But Mahomes was not on his A game. He missed some throws, and he took the loss all on himself uh, on that Thursday night. But we'll say, I mean, Kadarius Tony has been just a meme sensation for three drops and for, you know, assisting, you know, his nice volleyball set on Burns' pick six. Uh, good for the rookie there. But... The grit and just Dan Campbell. I think the football gods just giving back to to Detroit after decades of just subpar performances, uh, despite Calvin Johnson's heroics and uh, those few other solid players yeah. in that franchise throughout the time, and and even Stafford will give yeah, will favor. give the Georgia boy hit, hit some credit as he's one and zero on the year. But Kadarius Tony played bad, and uh, but I mean just good for the Lions. Yeah, great start for the Lions. That uh, division is going to be, I think it's going to be a close race, the NFC North. So, great start for them. 
the Lions are one and zero in the North, and and are the Packers, the Bears. I mean, don't you have to watch the game? You just look at the schedule and realize that they're going to lose because they have a game to play on a certain day. They're zero and one, and the Buccaneers pulled out pulled out a cheeky win over over the the Vikings. So good start for the Packers and Lions in their divisions. Uh, as but I mean, we're just scattered throughout all the NFL with uh, some some surprising things. You know, Hank and I preparing for the show and, and just you know, our opinions, which you're biased to your own opinion, but the 49ers going into Pittsburgh and, and whooping on the Steelers, a bit surprising. Thought that'd be a closer game. And and Cleveland beating Cincinnati, I don't think is it, it's that shocking, but just beating them 24-3 to was the surprising part. I think the shocking part was Cincinnati only had six first downs the entire game. Six first downs, ten punts. Six times ten is sixty, and that is still over one hundred fifty million dollars away from the amount of money they're paying Joe Burrow. I mean, their their numbers are all over the place, and yeah, it was a, a rough week one for them. Uh, you know, we're we're in Utah, so we were trapped geographically between Denver and the Raiders. But I mean, we got Raider and Broncos fans all over, and Cowboy fans, sadly. Uh, but Raiders and Broncos was was all over the, the television screen for the afternoon slate of games. And uh, in that one, uh, the Raiders extended their win streak over the Broncos to seven games. Uh, what do you think about the debut of uh, Sean Payton, Hank, and uh, well, the debut of some other Browns uh, guys, even like the kicker who came from Sean Payton's uh, beloved team he coached uh, in the Saints a few years ago? Yeah, uh, I liked some of the things that was going on. Uh, the onside kick to start the game was exciting. I mean, we didn't get in. They went down and scored a touchdown, but it was exciting. I think our defense has regressed a little bit, and that's probably because we hired Vance jo- Joseph back as our DC. I don't think he's – he doesn't make the right adjustments. Will Lutz has kicked in the dome his entire career, and uh, although Denver is one of the easiest places for a kicker in the whole league, so missing that extra point and of – 55-yard field goal, that's four points, and we lost by one point. So that that was probably the – that stung the most was the kicking. Yeah, a, a tough loss for them. And, you know, Jimmy G able to pull that one out with the Raiders. And, I mean, you got Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now Jacoby Myers. Uh, little sprinkles of of old Foxborough in the years past uh, going on in Oakland, and, and they pulled pulled one out. But it seems like that's the Raiders every game, whether they play bad or, or well. And who, no matter who they play, it's always a close game. And usually they, they throw it away, but they're able to pull this one out. And it's easy to, to point the finger there at the kicker, Will Lutz. In, in games, though, like the Eagles-Patriots, Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles, he won them that game, nailed a 50-yarder uh, off the upright and still went in, which was a, a huge break for the Patriots. But started off 16-0. Uh, for Philly, 17th point couldn't happen because of Elliott's only error on the day, missing uh, the extra point after uh, touchdown offensively for the Eagles. But quick pick six, then another touchdown off a, a turnover. Ezekiel Elliott already won fumble uh, for the Patriots, and the Eagles snuck out that win in Foxborough. Not really a sneak out for them, though. I mean, they led the whole way. The Patriots were creeping in throughout the whole game, but the Eagles from start to finish, even with the few hiccups and Jalen Hurts fumbling. He only fumbled twice last year. Already one fumble lost this one this year, but 
if you just saw the play Jabril Peppers put on him, I think everyone's going to fumble just at that velocity when the helmet goes right into your arms where the ball is. It, you're just going to cough it out. So uh, the, the Eagles, one of the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC, uh, looking pretty sharp as well as the 49ers and the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC in the Bengals and the Chiefs, uh, 0-1. So not going to overreact too much. So much improvement goes from week one to week two. And, you know, you know as we were talking, the, the defenses have so much film to watch for the home opener. And half these guys don't even play preseason, so they're so focused on this game and so focused on the game plan of whatever QB and, and offense they're prepping for. And so not surprising that in, in most games uh, the, the defenses uh, look played excuse me played really well the Lions had a pick six the Chiefs defense was was getting praised for uh, playing a pretty solid game and last night's last game the Cowboys I mean talk about guys all over the field in defensive touchdowns and a blocked field goal so the defense is uh, looking sharp and we'll have to see how that goes so a tough start for those AFC favorites another one of those teams in the mix is the Buffalo Bills who have a lot of hype, a lot of pride, a lot of false confidence. Even though they've never made a Super Bowl, they sure act like it. The uh, Bills? The Bills, yes. But They've made four. Well, I'm talking about like with Josh oh, Allen. Oh, with this with, new era. With, with, okay. the, with okay. this era, Sean McDermott. Uh, but, but that's who's on the slate tonight, Monday Night Football. Bills, Jets. Uh, at the moment, well, the Vegas odds jumped up from a point and a half to two point favorites uh, are the Buffalo Bills on the road in MetLife. If you want to sound smart, they are playing the Jets, but the game is in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium, not in New York. But that's besides the point. Hank, what, what do you think for this? You know, Monday Night Football is always a big stage. First week of Monday Night Football is a big stage. The Jets revamped, and now Hart Knox has, you know, gave, given us mm-hmm. samples of them. Uh, Going to be great ratings tonight. And oh, yes. Just what's your thoughts about this game? Uh, the, the reason this is the Monday Night game. Yeah, this is like I think the best matchup uh, in in conference rival or in division rival. Uh, Aaron Rodgers debut with the brand new team. Uh, you've been hearing him call it Jet Life Stadium on Hard Knocks a bunch, but uh, I, then the Bills, you know, who have been running this division for the last couple of years. I think this is going to be a good game, but I ultimately I think I have Buffalo pulling out the win on the road. Uh, they just played longer together. I think they're a more complete team top to bottom. I do think that the Jets have a couple holes in their roster. Um, and it's just a brand-new team, new coach, a new offensive coordinator um, in Nathaniel Hackett. And I just think it's going to take maybe one to two games, maybe three for this whole team to start clicking like, like they will be. I think they're going to be fine, but I think Buffalo sneaks out the win, I'll say, by a touchdown. Yeah, could very well see that scoreline. I think the Bills win as well. I mean, I mean, the Bills are Dalton Kincaid is really the the new piece of the Bills. They still have, you know, all their guys from last year and Gabe Davis and uh, James Cook as the running back, Josh Allen obviously, and Stephon Diggs most importantly. And so those guys, I think, are just going to continue uh, to to mesh and to mold well. Cool reunion for James Cook and Dalvin Cook. They're brothers, and so they'll be playing against each other. Won't be on the field at the same time, but will be exciting for them. Uh, but I just think the Bills are going to click well. Uh, there's just a lot of moving pieces for the Jets, 
and it could click in five weeks, six weeks, three weeks. But this is a, a big stage, and you have Brees Hall coming off an injury who hasn't got a lot of touches because they're bringing him back. You had Dalvin Cook who wasn't on the Jets at the start of training camp, and I believe even week one of preseason, late acquisition, and uh, Hard Knocks hinted, I think, that his his wife just had a, a baby. He's been dealing with that, and it's an emotional game for him being playing against his brother. And Randall Cobb is older. Alan Lazard are, you know, they know Hackett and Rogers like their extended family, but it is a new place, a few little wrinkles. So I, I just don't think the Jets are going to be in unison every play, and the O-line has already been rumored to struggle. Yeah. So beware for some of those penalties. But at, with all that being said, to now give you know some hype toward the Jets down year on defense for the Bills. Von Miller injured, uh, so you know he'll be back in a few weeks, but no shot within the next few hours at game time. In under two hours, six fifteen start uh, on Monday Night Football. So that will be exciting, and that will wrap up Week One, which has has just been such a hoot. To put you on the spot, Hank, what what do you think was maybe just overall the league one of the most impressive performances as a team or by an individual? And then the flip side of uh, a team that really just uh, dropped the ball or you know someone that just underperformed. Uh, click on full scoreboard for me real quick. Underperforming, I can tell you right now, which wasn't a big shock to me, um, the Minnesota Vikings. I... I didn't think the Vikings were going to be that nice going into the season. But still going, uh, letting Tampa Bay come in to your hometown, to your home stadium, and beat you and hold you under 20 points is um, a little sad, in my opinion. You know, the Vikings, air they can pass the ball, but their ground game is just not very good. Uh, Kirk Cousins with some big-time uh, turnovers, like the interception in the red zone and two fumbles. Justin Jefferson didn't find a, a score. I mean, he had a great stat line still, but didn't get into the uh, end zone. So I would, I would pick them for my disappointment of the week. And I'm actually going to pick the Indianapolis Colts as my little shocker of the week. You know, I thought the Colts were going to come in and just be one of those uh, rebuild teams. And I thought they were going to get absolutely smashed by the Jags. They did lose 31-21. I thought Anthony Richardson, uh, for a debut, wasn't too bad. He had 223 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I know he he also led the team in rushing yards, 40 yards and a touchdown. But he's just got to learn how to slide a little bit better because he was taking some pretty big shots. And I know towards the end of the game he took a bad one. And so let's hope he's okay. But for the Colts, who everyone kind of counted out this year, and they don't have a player over 30 on their roster, I thought they played a pretty good game. And they were in it to the end. Yeah, those great points. And I think Anthony Richardson should watch film on like Jalen Hurts. He he slides when he needs to and runs over guys when you can you know break a tackle, get five extra yards, ten extra yards. Running over a guy just to you know fall on top of him to get one extra yard is not worth. Uh, you know that those extra inches just sliding down uh, works so much better, and I mean sliding in general with these QBs. Some of them look like they've stolen you know second base on the baseball diamond before, and then someone like Mac Jones, he he just like 
it's like a trampoline. He just decides to just jump and land on his knees, and it's it's hard to watch. But I mean, at least he's going down. What about you? Who were your uh, disappointments and surprises of the week? A lot of hype given towards the uh, the Steelers, and you know they they just got beat up, lost thirty to seven at home. And Mike Tomlin's a great coach. This, despite if this game happened and this being the scoreline, he's still a great coach. But usually on opening day, especially at home, uh, the Steelers perform a lot better. And uh, we, we focus so much on McCaffrey in defense of the Steelers, McCaffrey and uh, Debo Samuel. But Brandon Ayuk had an amazing game, and he scored two touchdowns. But his best play of the game was on Christian McCaffrey's 65-yard rushing touchdown of the block that Ayuk blew that guy up. On the left-hand side, Ayuk just holds up a block, and he, he's a just a complete cat uh, just from the, the Pac-12 and uh, now still doing his thing on the West Coast. A great wide receiver two option for the uh, for the, the 49ers. But the Steelers just, Kenny Pickett, one touchdown passing, two interceptions, and, you know, Najee Harris, he's, he's hilarious, great interviewer, and... Looks like he's going to be a great contributor and just hasn't really had uh, th- those breakout games, uh, a couple of those, but not that breakout season that people hope for. And George Pickens just not doesn't put up the stats. And, you know, he was targeted seven times, brought down five catches, but only for 36 yards, not getting those big, big plays. You know, the elite receivers and Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill are just getting huge plays and that would be my disappointment of the week uh for for the surprise team uh i have to pick the the los angeles rams oh yeah uh, as teams just think they live and die by by cooper cup and that was not the case as they went into seattle as four point underdogs and and beat the seahawks up uh winning 30 to 13 geno smith the most improved player of last year uh, well, left room for improvement for the rest of the season with only 112 passing yards. Yeah, Tyler Lockett went down, but you still have DK Metcalf, who I I think out of all the elite receivers is the most forgettable. And then you watch a highlight of him, and you're just like, you know what? You don't know how you yeah. could forget someone that yes. big and fast. Just, yeah, just amazing. Uh, and only three receptions though. Gotta yeah. find a way to get him the ball, especially with, with Tyler Lockett down. Uh, you know, you you'd think. He'd get fed the ball more, but obviously the Rams game plan against that. And as we we know, the IR uh, is where Cooper Cup is found. He's out for at least the first four games. And Puka Nakua, a Utah kid that spent his time at Washington and BYU, went to Orem High School, took that that opportunity in the slot and had six receptions. Excuse me, that was 2-2 Atwell. Six receptions for 119 yards and 2-2 Atwell. And Puka Nakua matched that with 119 yards receiving on his own on 10 receptions and was a huge weapon for them. You know, Matthew Stafford can still just huck that ball around as long as guys get separation. And so it was a, a big win for the Rams. Uh, Sean McVay, if you give him a lead, uh, he can you know, play call an amazing yeah. game. Uh, the guy has lost the Super Bowl and won one, so let's uh, not forget about that. The old big division win for, for the Rams on the road. Uh, you know, you get... You get three division road games every year, and winning every single one of those is a, is a prized possession. Let me ask you a question real quick. You think Geno was a one and done? I, I, still, I think he'll be the starter, and he'll still have uh, 
you know, a pretty solid year. The I think the Seahawks uh, actually end the season with a better record than the Rams, but mm-hmm. with Jacoby Myers, excuse me, t- with Tyler Lockett going down and this bad start to the season, uh, it is only one game, but not the start that they want, especially losing to a division opponent. Uh, it makes that seem less likely, but uh, I think Geno Smith is solid kind of at the tier where Daniel Jones and Mac Jones are at where you can win games with them, but winning playoff games in a Super Bowl is a little far-fetched. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, foggy when you when you have those as your, your goals. But we'll have to see. They, they were super young last year starting tons of rookies, so you'd think that they mm-hmm. should show some improvement with uh, a decent draft class and all those guys you know, turn in another year older uh, in this system. Pete Carroll's a solid coach, but uh, yeah, a tough start for them. And it's weird. Ever since Marshawn Lynch has been out of Seattle, there's just always a, a running back bug where guys get banged up or just, I don't know, just they, yeah. they don't get it going. Crazy that Kenneth Walker is still playing football. All those screws in his neck. Yes. He is a dog. So, and Kenneth Walker the third injured last year a little bit, but he is back and got the start, and hopefully he can stay healthy and play well. Mm-hmm. But we have to see how week one finishes the NFL. Uh, we'll be glued to our screens for that for the six fifteen start. We predict a, a Bills win, and as long as the Bills get up early, we'll see an Aaron Rodgers show for sure. Just watch him sling the ball. They pass on you know, second and third down every time if, if they are trailing. Okay, 91.3 The Blaze, Spencer Porter and Hank Pichel here. Week two of college football, super exciting. Uh, some great games. Nothing I, I don't think matched. Oh, that's tough. I don't. We had Alabama and Texas, which was probably the game of the week, but Colorado and TCU week one might have been more of a shootout, but... And we don't have to compare which game was better. Both just amazing games, and we are blessed that they were on different weeks, so we got to see both of them. Some teams, though, that are, that are still alive, the the upset alerts that only stayed an alert because they were staved off the Utes, holding off the Baylor Bears on the road, uh, uh, pulling that one off, and you thought the Utes won it with just over a minute to go. And then the decision to squib kick it and for some reason let receivers get behind you. The the Baylor Bears almost uh, brought this game into overtime. Ended on a controversial no-call too. Yeah, yes, definitely kind of one of those, uh, kind of like how the Super Bowl ended where they did go with the holding call. Uh, they go for the no-call here as Presley is roughed up in the end zone uh, by the UDB, but no-call given. Uh there's always hand fighting going on these days, but um, it, it it really could have gone both ways. But refs decide uh, not to. Uh, I mean, just let the guys play. You throw in that flag if you're the zebras. I you might have to. It's so close, but there was definitely some contact there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pac-12 officials never going to call that. Yeah, always homer in their teams. You know, college football the the road team provides the officials, and so that they you know in. In Salt Lake week one, it was SEC uh, a group. So the Pac-12 went to Waco, Texas, and they almost saw the Utes lose this one, but the Pac-12 is staying hot, as are the Utes, as they're figuring out this balance with Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes, but I, I think 
And Nate Johnson is pulling away as he led the Utes to comeback victory. But Utah's banged up without Cam Rising. And also, you, you just... The too much technology, the ESPN box score is so accessible. I just think some of these Ute players saw, you know, Texas State, who was that, beat Baylor week one and put up tons of points on them. And so it was one of those games where first half for Utah, where I think they just thought if they showed up, they'd they'd pull away with this. But like we mentioned so many times, that improvement from week one to week two and the fact that, you know, Baylor still has some great players on their team, uh, they were going to keep this one close. So. Yeah. I, I mean that that's what we had it but the the youth stay live they'll host Weaver State week three which you know maybe give the first quarter watch it could be a nail biter but you, you'd like to think by the second half the youths can pull away but you just you don't know if if Brent Keithy's a go if Cam Rising's a go uh, and you'd like to hope at least we hope that Cam Rising can get a little bit of burn against you know someone like Weaver State who still is a great program for what they are. Uh, or, or who the Utes play after that in UCLA, you'd hope that you know Rising can get a little bit of time against a team like that, even though UCLA is ranked. But we bring that up because after that, it's Oregon State, then Cal, then USC, then Oregon. So it doesn't get any easier, and the offense has got to click a little bit better. Yeah, you definitely need Rising to get some reps in before you get into conference play. So hopefully he's good to go against Weber State. But good news for, for the Utes as Quinn and Jackson woke up a bit after you know being in the doghouse a bit and just not having his game, his best matchup against Florida. He comes back out against Baylor and on 19 carries, rushes for 129 yards. So uh, big-time numbers for him. Also, North Carolina held off Appalachian State, so they stay alive and, and 2-0 and in the top 25, uh, which is... Uh, you know, really big for them. Other teams in the top 25, as we pulled this coaches poll, no one uh, made a huge jump except Texas. Uh, not a huge surprise there as, I mean, the Longhorns went into Tuscaloosa and Quinn Ewers and head coach Steve Sarkeesian, they, they stuck it to the tide, which we did not think was possible and what was just an amazing game, quite a shootout. And oh, yeah. Jalen Milrow is a stud, but he's not Bryce Young. Yeah. We both said uh, Bama was winning this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we were definitely wrong there. Um, Texas just made all the good play, all the right plays down the stretch. Uh, absolute bombs were thrown this game. But Bama, I don't think Bama is maybe the powerhouse that they used to be these last couple decades. SEC is so competitive, and, yeah, Bama just – I don't know. I don't know. But Alabama, 1-1 one one on the year, falls to 10 in the rankings. And for comparison, they're 10 on the coaches' poll as well. The coaches' poll is about the same. Uh, the only difference was the co- coaches' poll has Ohio State as number 4. But in the AP Top 25, the Buckeyes are ranked number 6. And part of that, I mean, Ryan Day with his fake beard is maybe paying someone off for or people just are that jealous of what Ohio State has done. You know, Marvin Harrison against a few high school DBs uh, in Youngtown State on Saturday uh, went off. Uh, had had quite a stat line. Uh, but, I mean, we make fun of the competition, but then he's going to do that in Big Ten play. So it doesn't really matter the competition for him. 
it's all leading him into a first-round draft pick in next year's draft. So Georgia at one, then Michigan two. The interesting thing with Michigan is we talked about, you know, Hank and I, we, we were all over the Georgia Bulldogs last year, Stetson Bennett, you know, the 37-year-old uh, college QB and, and all of his talent. Uh, we, Alabama with Bryce Young. We're so familiar with these QBs and they're back for another year. You know, unless you actually study or print out a roster of Alabama or Georgia, you don't really know, you know, a lot of these players. And Michigan has, you know, become become that that team. They had JJ McCarthy. They got Corum back. He had, you know, his leg injury and missed the college football playoff. And so you you weigh Corum's options. You know, the Jumpman gear from Michigan, the big time uh, fan base playing in the big house. Sprinkle a little bit of that NIL money uh, and another chance to actually play in the college football playoff, which he didn't have. He he should come back, and he's going to and trying to prove to these NFL scouts that he can play healthy. And, I mean, who doesn't want to play for Michigan, given the talent that you have if you're someone like a quorum? So he's back for year two. J.J. McCarthy has been a great QB, and yeah, Michigan just, just has dogs everywhere. I think it's it's their year. Uh, they're... They're going to win the whole thing. Um, but in order to do that, you got to go undefeated uh, is what Georgia has proven, and you got to go through through them dogs. Florida State falls at three. Texas was the big jump, like we mentioned before. But, I mean, no one goes into Alabama and wins. Yeah, last uh, I saw a stat today. Last QB to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Bama was Joe Burrow when the 2019 LSU Tigers. I mean, and when that team is arguably, well, it I would say, without a doubt, top five college football team of all time. But I mean, could be number one. Yeah, go Tigers. And USC is five. Ohio State in the AP top twenty-five is six. Penn State seven. I I I think by the end of this season, Penn State is going to be looking down at the Buckeyes uh, in record and uh, in just overall performance on this year. Uh, but the Pac-12 has showed out. I mean, they, they go from here. We mentioned USC. Washington's at 8. Utah's 12. Oregon, 13. Oregon State, 16. UCLA, 24. I mean, they... Colorado. They're spink all over the place. And in between Oregon State and UCLA is the Colorado Buffaloes who uh, beat Nebraska in what was a... You know, trying to revive an old rivalry that is... That was amazing before Hank and R's time, and uh, it, it was a good game. Uh, but the Buffaloes are, are for real, and they're getting a lot of clout, a lot of ratings, a lot of attention. Uh, but to this point, it, it has been wa- warranted. Shadur Sanders, the son of Prime Sanders, has been amazing. And, I mean, it looks like he... Heisman candidate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. We have to be back-to-back... Amazing performances, 510 passing yards is week one on the road. And in this one, only 11 incompletions and 393 passing yards with, with two touchdowns. And I believe he ran one in. Nebraska, not the most talented offense. So as long as the Buffalo's defense can keep them in it, I, I, I like the chances for Buffalo. That offense is crazy. So the Colorado Buffaloes play Colorado State. Uh, next Saturday, college game day is going to be there. Um, 
And, I mean, college game day might be more exciting than this game. We never know. We never know. But uh, the the Buffs are an, oh, a 20-plus point favorite to win that one. Um, the, the exciting thing, though, is Oregon plays Hawaii. Uh, they should win that one. Beautiful jerseys in that matchup, by the way. That's besides the point. But set your calendars September 23rd, two Saturdays from now. Colorado at Oregon. And, I mean, I'd be willing to bet they, they'll both be 3-0 and at the time if they can go through Colorado State in, Col- uh, in the Buffalo's case and go through Hawaii in the Ducks' case. So that will be super exciting. they got a tough schedule, too. Oh, yeah. The, the Pac-12, I mean, it's exploding. Uh, set the date, you know, January 1st or, you know, the end of the regular season in November and 18th. Pac-12 is exploding. Uh, but right now they... They're, they're staying high before they all branch off. They have eight teams in the top 25 right now. That's the most of all time for the Pac-12. Yeah, Washington State as well uh, ranked. Wazoo, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's just amazing. Colorado, I, you know, some people keep thinking about chopping down, you know, their ladder, their progress, but they just keep climbing and... Uh, it looks like they're they're going to continue to do that. I, I mean, the the odds of going undefeated in any given year are so hard. I, I think the Buffaloes lose at one point. Uh, but, I mean, and t- until that happens, they're riding high, and they've put together, they've showcased just some amazing football. Oh, yeah. And, and, I mean, you bring in Prime Sanders, even their kicker, his Jay Feely's son, their QB is Deion Sanders' son, Shador Sanders. They have Travis Hunter, Tra- who plays both ways. One. Uh, recruited, he was the number one rated player coming out of his class, and he like they got him to go to the HBCU at Jackson State. So, so people kind of oh. forgot about him, but that kid is amazing. It, it's just insane, and and Xavier Weaver and Dylan Edwards are amazing contributors. I mean, Xavier Weaver, ten receptions, one hundred seventy yards for a touchdown. Uh, he, I mean, his stat line compared to Hunter's offensively just on Saturday, blows blows him out of the water, mm. and that does, I mean. That doesn't mean that Hunter's bad. I mean, that'd be the dumbest take ever. He just, they just have so many weapons. Different guy can go off uh, every game. So, so good for them. And, uh, you know, not to get too crazy, though, the Huskers still, uh, they, they're still ripping off, you know, the corn layers, the Husks. They haven't got to, to playing yet. They, yeah. they got a long way to go. Matt Rule is still trying to figure it out, but uh, it, it's a tough job. And I think anyone would take it with the, the contract that they've given out to these coaches. So that's college football ball slate. It's, it's really exciting. And, I mean, there's a lot of undefeateds. Yes, we only played two games, uh, so why wouldn't there be? Uh, but it's going to start to get dice here as we uh, get into conference play. Uh, but I believe, you know, as some of these teams still play those lower lower division teams, uh, we'll see a lot of three and O's and whenever these first college football playoff rankings come out, some people will lose their heads over it. But as long as you keep winning, you control your own destiny. And I, I know that there's never been an undefeated team that hasn't been left out of the, the well, UCF. Well, we'll, we'll stick with the power five, but UCF is now in the big 12. So it gets all confusing as the, they are the national champs in their own way. I mean, I say we have co-champs, but but in the Power Five, if you go undefeated, you make the college football playoff. Easier said than done, but yeah. you control your own destiny. The pre- the preview though for Week Three of 
college football, you know, not a lot of ranked versus ranked games. I mean, the ESPN primetime game is Colorado versus Colorado State, which for the state of Colorado will be exciting. And, you know, for those of us that enjoy watching, you know, the just the progress and the migration of this crazy operation of all these transfers and of Deion Sanders will be fun. But, you know, not... Not a big time slate for uh, for week three, but maybe a good one to bet on uh, for these stars to just hoop on these maybe these we get a couple un- upsets. unranked teams. We will have to see that almost upsets. Uh, you know this this brings us to our, our tough win and tough loss of the weekend. We've uh, s- sprinkled in uh, a little bit about them, but you know our our tough win of of the week has undoubtedly got to go to the Longhorns and, and the Tide. So congratulations for them. Um, is this the peak for Texas? Can they actually keep this going? They're now going into the SEC. Arch Manning is the backup QB. So much going on uh, in the state of Texas and in the city of Austin. And, you know, as Coach Sarkeesian in an offseason interview mentioned, Austin, Texas breathes, lives, and dies. Longhorn Nation. I mean, the only thing they got there besides that is Austin FC and the MLS. And, you know, they became a team two or three years ago. And so, I mean, it is all about them Longhorns. Hook'em horns, they're riding high. And, I mean, it's just the same as these darn Cowboys fans. They're all the same people. They're riding high after their 40-0 win. Uh, But they always hiccup, man. Them them Cowboys and in the past 10 years, these Longhorns, uh, have hiccuped. I mean, Colt McCoy is not your QB anymore. Vince Young is not your QB anymore. But Quinn Ewers throwing some darts down the field for those touchdowns. I, a video game can't throw that throw it better than he did against the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I mean, he was showing out. I think Texas is going to do what they always do when they're good. They're going to win uh, game after game, and then like number eighteen ranked Oklahoma will beat them at the Battle of the Red River, and it will ruin their season. Hot take. Always a close game. Always a close game uh, against uh, Oklahoma. That one's coming soon. Week Ooh. one in October. First week in October. BYU. And eventually, Texas will play BYU. That could be the one. BYU plays at, Ar- at Arkansas. If they win that game, which I don't see happening, I think the Cougars will probably lose by about a field goal. But if BYU goes into Bentonville and can win this one, maybe maybe Cougs fans, we see a, a 24 ranking. 25 ranking, creeping that top 25, uh, but this is the first uh, big test. You know, no, no one, no one's going to care for this one. But Sam Houston State University, who lost to BYU 14 nothing, lost to Air Force uh, last week 13 to three. Air Force is predicted to win the Mountain West. They're a good team, hard to prepare for. They run the ball left and right and right through you, uh, just with their blocking scheme and undersized linemen. Uh, Sam Houston State got a good little defense and uh, could make some noise in, in the American Conference. So, I mean, Bearcat Nation, good luck there. Uh, but back to the top 25, maybe the future top 25 for BYU. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Enough rambling there to close out the show. Our tough loss of the week has got you know pretty much an anniversary attached to it. Last year, 2022, the final score, North Carolina 63, Appalachian State. The Mountaineers, 61. But this this year, 2023, on the 9th, 9-9-2023, two days ago, it was the Mountaineers' time going into Durham with the Blue 
Blue Diamonds everywhere to the Tar Heel Nation. 34-34 in OT. Both teams score in the first overtime, make their PATs, which brings up second overtime. You have to go for two. And you got to go for two. The Tar Heels get the ball first and score. Amarion Hampton. Who is that? The only player I know for North Carolina is Drake May. Well, running back Amarion Hampton. 26 carries, 234 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Outrushed the outpassing, sorry, outrushed the passing of Drake May as he only had 208 yards passing, no picks, no touchdowns. Drake May had picks and touchdowns in the week one win over South Carolina, but it was all about the ground game in the soggy conditions and the tough loss. 40 to 34, North Carolina. Mm. Stays alive, stays ranked, stays 2-0, and and holds off Appalachian State in double overtime. Drake May did run a touchdown in, though. That was their second overtime uh, score. They could not convert the second or the two-point conversion. Oh, man, Appalachian State gets the ball. All they need to do, I mean, well, big task, but score, and if you get two-point conversion, you're not going in the third overtime. It's for the win, and it just couldn't happen. Better luck next year. Mac Brown is trying to get these these Tar Heels ready. Uh, he he's so disgraced with the NCAA right now because of how they are treating their wide receiver, uh, who has not been able to play uh, because of transfer issues. You know, Tez Walker has has been denied eligibility at the moment. You know, he's he's transferred around and COVID really messed with him, so he he transferred twice in one year because of COVID, and uh, it, it's become an interesting case. Uh, but Tar Heel Nation would like to see him out on the field. We'll have to wait and see. We never know. An afterthought here, tangent. College football, and, and especially NFL, just some soggy games. Uh, definitely on, on the East Coast uh, with the Florida weather. Uh, Notre Dame playing North Carolina State. They had a rain delay. Uh Apparently, I mean, Notre Dame, I don't know what they're doing. They got money, uh, but did not even pack dry clothes, extra uniforms for their team, not the, not even enough food. They were going to buy hot dogs and bratwurst for their players during the, the rain delay, uh, but they come out firing, and, you know, Sam Hartman doing his thing. He's kind of the Stetson Bennett this year, old, old, old guy. Uh, but Notre Dame, who, here's my hot take, is the overrated team of the top ten. Uh, uh, but they're still holding on. Notre Dame, I agree. I think they'll they'll get upset in a couple of these weeks. A couple of weeks. I mean, up. I mean, they Fighting Irish had a bad year last year yeah. in Notre Dame uh, standards, and so high praise for them. But I don't know if it's warranted. Uh, but, but they are an interesting boat, as you know, they're they're pretty much the only real independent threat. BYU was kind of in that that circumstance, but never as elite as Notre Dame, and now they're in a conference uh, in football. So yeah, soggy games. I mean, I mean Denver and Denver had some weird weather. Foxborough rainy. Oh, the Battle of Ohio rainy. I mean, you just got to go to L.A. It's or to rain tonight too in New Jersey, know, or go to Waco, Texas, in Baylor when it's 120 degrees on the turf pellets. So um, it just did, it didn't really seem like other than Ann Arbor, Michigan, for the Michigan UNLV blowout. Uh, that was you know picture perfect weather everywhere else uh, i mean it was just just a mess but it's a man's game american game baby uh any given sunday rain snow or shine 
play Saturday. through it. So thanks for being with us. A fun hour. We'll see you back next Monday. Uh, Hank, Michelle, and Spencer Porter, good luck to your teams. And, uh, you know, wipe those tears with, uh, with whatever you can find for your fantasy football uh, loss or if your college faithful team or NFL team uh, is just disappointing you uh, as they have in Chicago.